You are listening to Mining Stock Education, where you'll learn from the top leaders in the natural resource sector and uncover quality mining investment opportunities. But what are you doing to replace the oil and gas that we will not be fracking any longer, and properly so, to try and keep those methane levels down? Yeah, you say you want all these electric vehicles, but but the, these same people, this idiot, nitkumpoop, that runs the UN getting up there saying, we don't want mining. What does he think? That uh, electric vehicles fall out of the sky or somebody's got a magic extrusion machine that just spits them out? Thanks for tuning into Mining Stock Education. In today's episode, we're going to be hearing from analyst Chris Temple of nationalinvestor.com. We'll be talking about green energy as well as what's going on with the Fed. Chris, welcome back onto the show. So it's Fed chair time, isn't it? How significant is this potential pick? It could be fairly significant. You know, most of the betting money when Joe Biden became president was he was going to be much of a centrist. Uh, that has been shot in the head on numerous fronts. So it's not going to shock me if he doesn't do what the markets expect and I think prefer and keep Jerome Powell as chairman, but kind of does actually what his predecessor did, Donald Trump, and upset things a little bit just so to show that he can do it. And specifically in this case, if uh, Jerome Powell is not reappointed, the, the, the nominee will be Lael Brainerd, the Fed governor, and she is a favorite of the progressives. Uh, she would be the one much more likely to remain dovish on monetary policy for longer in order so the Fed can help the Democrat Party meet many of its social goals. Uh, you'll hear even more than we've already heard from Powell that the Fed needs to err on the side of printing too much money and keeping interest rates too low because we need to help minorities. We need to enable the green economy. We need to enable all of these things. So, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think there'd be a considerable difference between the two of them. Powell has already indicated that he's going to be dragged kicking and screaming if it comes to that and to raising interest rates if and when that time comes. Uh, she would just make scream louder, perhaps. But uh, uh, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. There will be some definite market reactions, particularly on the dollar and on metals, if Powell is going to be replaced. Uh, the, the dollar, which has been on a great run, that would probably be the end of that all else being equal and the metals would get a bit more of a boost than they've had already. Uh, interest rates, that's anybody's guess. They should already be three or 4% on a 10 year. We all know they're not, uh, but I think that there would be more upward pressure on the long end for treasuries and maybe an opportunity to short the long end if she ends up being the nominee. So time will tell, we're gonna know in a few days. So with inflation rearing its head and oil prices, energy prices going up, yet there's still low interest rates, does this seem like a redo of the late 70s to you? Not in the least, because in the late 70s, when we had a very brief period of time as the Fed was playing catch up, uh, that we saw interest rates as negative as they are right now, Bill, the Fed is under no obligation whatsoever to catch up. You know, the bond market vigilantes have either been murdered or driven into exile by the Fed, by and large. You don't see many of them daring to, to show their heads. Every now and then it happens, but not for very long. So this is a very different thing than the 70s. You know, the markets were all over the Fed back then to do something about this inflation, do something. Uh, today, they like the, the bigger inflation story 
that the Fed has created that being asset bubbles. So if anything, the markets want more of what we've had recently in the terms of asset price inflation, and now the follow-on effect in goods and services and metals and things like that. I don't think they realize what they're in for if the Fed continues down this road, uh, and, and maybe there will finally be the day when we see the markets, instead of continually saying, oh, goody, more free money, they might finally flip to, oh, my God, more free money. But it doesn't seem like that's uh, coming anytime very soon. So in the last few weeks, you put out for your subscribers in uh, a green report for the fall and that you talked about, you put it out before this infrastructure bill was signed. So Biden just signed a $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill. Uh, what are your thoughts of this, Chris? And what does this mean for investors? Well, I'll tell you, in, in relative terms, Bill, the infrastructure bill at least has some good things in it that the economy needs, that our infrastructure and power grid and all these kind of things need. It's not nearly enough, in my opinion, uh, but at least it's something. Now, they're still jockeying over this one and three quarter billion, give or take whatever, of this build back broke uh, plan that Biden wants to add to that. And the Democrats want to add to but that. But it's fully paid for, Chris. They told me that. Oh, pardon yeah. me all the heck. Yeah. <laughs> Now, as we're as you and I are recording this, Senator Joe Manchin is still uh, acting as if he's not in favor of this. And he said, I don't care if the House votes on it, which they may do uh, before, you know, even between you know our recording this and the time people see it for all we know tomorrow, because the, the House apparently is close to getting uh, the cats herded sufficiently to where this thing will eat through. Uh, but the Senate is still not a done deal. There's still some confusion over the scoring as to how true it is that uh, various things will help, quote, pay for this thing or not. We'll see. The unfortunate thing, Bill, is that as with so many things in our country today, the argument, or hopefully we would be adults again one of these days and say the discussion, is not beginning where it needs to begin on this. And in so many ways, most of all, where the monetary system is concerned, because as I point out, in my green issue. It's by far the longest single issue to national investor I've ever done. I called it a manual. <laughs> if anybody in our audience does not already uh, I felt, I felt like I was scrolling down forever, Chris, like my right finger on my mouse when I kept scrolling down, it took forever. <laughs> I'll tell you, it was like giving birth. Uh, no offense to my uh, the mother of my eight children or any mothers out there, but it was a lot. It was a lot to put together. But it's why I called it a manual because this is something that you can have in your hands as an investor and use for months at least to come on all these different moving parts. And one of the things I pointed out in there is that when you really drill down and look at our true needs for infrastructure, the repairs, the new infrastructure, uh, protecting our incredibly endangered power grid, all of these things that these policy wonks claim that they want for the green economy of the future. When you add the infrastructure bill that was just passed with this slimmed down so far by half, Build Back Better program of the president, if you add those together, it's not remotely what is needed. The problem is, number one, we're doing this with a financial system that does not put the needs of mankind first. It puts the needs of capital and Wall Street first. So we start out of the deficit there to begin with, which is a whole different discussion we should have for your audience someday. Number two, 
the other problem with this, you know, and the president was bragging the other day about these charging stations, as was his energy secretary, uh, Mrs. Granholm. But what the hell are they going to charge when the president's interior secretary is trying to shut down development stage mineral projects that we need in this country to build the batteries to put in these electric vehicles? So you've got this is no different than when is a knee jerk, you know, Republicans in the past are answered our increasing energy needs was just drill, baby drill, very little foresight. The Democrats, the other side, you had Obama with his solinder scandal. Well, we think that solar is wonderful and green. Let's just subsidize it and throw money at these companies and everything will turn out well. No, it won't. Texas proved that. California's proved that. Europe is proving it in spades right now. So there has been very little planning uh, for this whole thing. It's all starry-eyed idealists and woke uh, virtue signaling and all the rest of this stuff that has got us on a terrible path, Bill, because long before, especially with this current administration hamstringing as much as it's helping when it comes to our domestic ability to produce the lithium, the battery metals, the other things that we need, long before we get to the place where we're going to have a, a major take up of, of sufficient size of electric vehicles, we're going to have such terrible gas and oil shortages because these same people are browbeating Wall Street. Don't put another nickel in oil companies, gas companies, coal companies. One of the only things everybody agreed on at what some people are now calling flop 26 in Scotland that ended up this last weekend is they want to reduce methane uh, escaping. I'm all for that 100%. But what are you doing to replace the oil and gas that we will not be fracking any longer, and properly so, to try and keep those methane levels down. Yeah, you say you want all these electric vehicles, but but the, these same people, this idiot, nitkumpoop, that runs the UN getting up there saying, we don't want mining. What does he think, that the electric vehicles fall out of the sky or somebody's got a magic extrusion machine that just spits them out? Is this intentional? dereliction of duty or what do you think's behind it because like you're you're making the case here quite clearly anybody can make the connection between if you're going to mass produce iPhones you need mining if you're going to mass yeah. produce EVs you need mining if you want the society the way it is you need mining so why would they make a statement like that I'll tell you what I think there's two things that work bill and 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 I'm not going to point fingers at any one specific person cuz we don't have a lot of time today but you've got a combination of two things number 1 is you've got people who are just idiots complete morons that are in charge they're driving this bus and they have very little if any real world experience in energy economics finance anything and again they just think that by the force of their wokeness and their moral superiority that that gives them over all of us hoi polloi whose lives they're trying to affect, that this is just going to magically all work out. Uh, that's not realistic. But there are those as well, including, and this has been in the press a lot recently, the president's nominee for the comptroller of the currency that just comes right out. And yes, these people are destructive flamethrowers. They're revolutionaries. And there are those in this mix, I, I believe that would like to see a crisis. They would like to see us get to the place where we don't have enough electric vehicles and we've got crisis levels. I mean, we'll, we're a couple of years away in the US from having 
prices for a gallon of gasoline like they've had in Europe or even up in Canada for a long time now. We're not far from that. And I do believe that some people want that to force us, not through proper planning where there would have been a lot less pain involved, but to force us now through a lot of pain to follow their agenda. And that's what many people believe, that some of these decisions that are being made is raising the the price of oil, raising the cost of everyday consumer goods in order to force people to uh, what they want us to adopt. And it's it's, it's kind of sinister, honestly, I think, versus actually making the argument and putting things in place for a smooth transition that doesn't wipe out the middle class wealth. Yeah. I mean, you, you know that I wasn't always the biggest fan of the Orange Wonder, just like I didn't always, you know. You're an equal opportunity offender here, Chris. Yes, so, I am. <laughs> but I will say this, the closest thing we have come as a country, I would argue in, in our lifetimes, was what the most unsung aspect of his administration under Rick Perry and Dan Brouillette were doing at the Department of Energy. They were looking as best as they could at an all of the above energy policy. They were trying to set the stage, which now about the only good thing the Biden administration is doing to this point is getting behind nuclear energy in our domestic industry. Now we'll see how long that lasts. Uh, there has been, of course, the uh, uh, shot across the bow for Bears Ears, uh, for where Bears Ears is concerned out in Utah. I've told my uh, subscribers about that. That is a direct threat to Energy Fuels' White Mesa Mill, which is the only mill in this country that can process both conventional uranium and is now processing rare earth elements. So this will be an interesting one to see Sleepy Joe explain away uh, when he has allowed his interior secretary, who lied about her intentions here when she was confirmed in front of the Senate. They want to shut this thing down. And uh, there will be guaranteed there are going to be lawsuits involved in this. They will try and shut down this mill. The the energy fuels will fight back. I know they will. I've talked to the company. They've got the law on their side, but that doesn't seem to matter a whole lot. It kind of comes down to who the judge is nowadays, I think. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter these days. So look, uh, we'll, we'll see, Bill, but there's what's so unnerving about this is there is so much promise with new technologies, with being able to bring sustainability into the mix. Look, we have 5% or just slightly less than that of the Earth's population here in the U.S., and, and we use almost 25% of the energy. We're, we're gross over consumers of a lot of things, including that. So I do believe there is room for us to reduce energy consumption per capita to do a lot of things that will make our whole mix cleaner. As I said, the least bad part of Biden's game plan right now is he is at least getting behind the nuclear energy industry and small modular reactors and things like that. Uh, but that uh, everything else is not looking very good. You know, they uh, another thing that they've completely, uh, for an administration that wants to, quote, follow the science gone against, you got 10 years of science with the Twin Metals Project up in Minnesota's Arrowhead and two, two projects next door, one another, Twin Metals, which is owned by Antofagasta these days, and then Polymet's Northmet project, the biggest development stage, battery metal resources on this continent, on this continent together. Both of them, since Biden became president, stopped dead in their tracks. Again, uh, in the case of Polymet. So, you know, we, we've got administration that is driving us off the cliff, 
we we aren't going to remotely be able to meet these needs ourselves. It is a pie in the sky fantasy when the president, the few times he's addressed this uh, gross contradiction, thought, well, we'll still get things from Canada. We can get things from Mexico. We can get things. Everybody else wants that stuff, too, including the countries that, that are producing these metals. Who the hell are we? What kind of hypocrisy is this? Uh, but that's what, again, that's that's our, quote, leadership today. So we're going to go through incredible pain. Hopefully you and I will still live to see the kind of greener, more sustainable world that these people claim that they want. OK, some ignorantly, some not. But I'll tell you, there's going to be hell to pay between here and there. We're going to go through a lot of economic upheaval and nothing. Uh, you know, what, what we've seen so far, as far as the rebound in gas prices and heating prices coming this winter, that's only the start. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Chris's website is nationalinvestor.com. Chris, I always appreciate your insights. Thanks for coming on today's show. Take care, Bill. Thank you for listening to Mining Stock Education. Please subscribe and share this show with like-minded investors. Connect with us at miningstockeducation.com and sign up for our email list to stay in touch. Much success to you as you learn about, invest in, and profit from mining stocks. The mining business is one that generates gigantic wealth. You know, a good drill hole that converts might cost fifty or $100,000, and it might discover something worth a couple billion. There is no sector that I know of that has offered up as many predictable circumstances uh, where there was the possibility, certainly not the certainty, but the possibility of 10 for 1 returns as there is in small cap and micro cap mining stocks. Concomitant with that, if you don't do the work, or even if you do do the work and don't discipline yourself on the sell side, there are very few places in the world where you can lose as much money as quickly as in mining stocks too. I just started to study up on mining stocks and I just became fascinated because this is such a tiny sector and it's so volatile that either you could really, you could do really, really well or you could pretty much get blown out of the water really quickly. The mining sector is a very risky sector. It can take your money very, very quickly. Don't fall in love with stocks. Don't be overly confident and just do your work as best you can. Do your very best, but don't fall in love and don't get too overly confident because um, that's a recipe for disaster. I have met you know, professional retail investors that have made a tremendous amount of money on the junior mining space. Some of them aren't accredited, and they just they spend their days researching, talking to people, being on the phone, being pouring through financial documents, but it requires commitment. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.